Well, not exactly the way Alabama would have liked the season to end, losing a heartbreaker to Clemson in the national championship. But hey, it's pass interference. We're not here to focus on the negatives. We're here to focus on the positives. We're going to break down the national championship game, plus give a recap to the great season that it was. This is year two, episode 26, Pat's Interference. Hey there, everybody. Tough loss, obviously. You're listening to Pat's Interference. Alabama loses to Clemson in the national championship game, so that means we're going to have to take a step back and kind of lick our wounds. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off. Um, Close loss, obviously, Norwood. We've had a a week to think about it, but now how are you feeling? You know, man, it's, it's weird. It's weird. You, you see four in seven years, and you see two while you're in school there, and you think it's enough, and it's just never enough. You know, you're always wanting that one more. But, you know, I this team has a lot to be proud of. First off, I want to say thanks to everybody who came to my apartment to help me sort of get through that. Uh, I did throw a party. I did have a lot of people over. Uh, everybody was pulling for Bama, so that was great. You know, everybody's pretty bummed out when they lost. But, you know, like, hey, before we start, great game. Great game. Great game. Um, it's a shame you and I will never watch another replay of it, but it was a great football game. No, I'll never watch it again. I'm going to be salty about this game forever. Now I'm fine. I mean, you know, I'm not, like, going to Harvey Updike anything. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of reasons that I'll be salty. And that's one of the things or the thing we're going to do when we recap this game, and I want to get this off the bat, is, you know, everybody knows we're two Alabama fans that wear crimson-colored glasses. We're, we're not just fans, we're graduates. Absolutely. And, and so, to a lot of people, that especially most of the country was rooting for Clemson, um, anything that we say in a moment like this is going to be, you know, sounding like an excuse or something. I want to say that I've thought about this from a non-biased standpoint, um, and I don't blame this loss on any one thing. I don't blame it on anything. We got beat in a national championship game. But there are factors that went into this that I think what I'm calling the perfect storm leading to a loss in the title game, I think the perfect storm kind of came together. And Clemson, a wonderfully coached team, wonderfully talented team with one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in the college game in the last decade or two, uh, just took advantage of everything that Alabama gave them. And it was an incredible play, an incredible a performance by them, um, really an incredible two-year stretch by them. You know, they they could be repeat national champions. Could if be. Adam Griffith doesn't get a good leg on that onside kick two years ago, yeah, I guess it was a year ago, they could be repeat national champions. This could be the second. So that this is a classic. This is gonna be this is gonna be looked at as a classic two-year rivalry, and it's going to be amazing no matter what way you look at it for college football. We just came on the short end of the second year too. So, uh, with that said. You know, do you want to go ahead and get into the game and yes. just kind of discuss? Rip the bandaid. Well, I'll start with, and I'd said this weeks before leading up to this game. Clemson was peaking. Yes. You know, we didn't respect them most of the season. I know I didn't respect them most of the season because they looked like a shell of their 2015 season. I ranked them behind Washington when I did my final playoff rankings. I was not even completely convinced they should have been in, but th- it kind of became evident that they were sort of peaking, especially toward the end of the year. They were blowing the wheels off some teams. They sputtered a little in the ACC championship game, but they still won. And then they blew the tires off of Ohio State. Yeah. So coming into this game, they were at the very the very best football they've even played the last two seasons. Yeah. 
that makes it hard enough. Yeah, I, and again, you mentioned it. They peaked at the right time, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, we, we harped on the thing we brought up with Clemson every single episode was the fact that their defense just never looked ready. They never looked like they were going to get back to the national championship until the Ohio State game. And I even mean, their offense couldn't get out of their own way. They kept throwing interceptions. I mean, Virginia, I mean, had Virginia Tech hung up, what, 35 on those guys? I mean, and that was in the championship game. It's not like that was, you know, weeks and weeks back in the season. That was the conference championship. And then they come in to the playoffs with a whole new mentality. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of miscues. Cam Robinson's two false starts off turnovers were just awful. Um, Deron Payne's 15-yard penalty was a game-changer. I mean – Really, there was a lot that you could point to. For me, that's one of the main things in this game was that yes. penalty. Um, we had the first half when our offense was doing well. When the play calls were there, um, when we were using Scarborough, when it looked like we had a game plan, when it looked like we knew what we were doing essentially and, and were had a plan, we were sticking to it. Right. We kept getting derailed by dumb penalties. We had holding penalties that people completely have forgotten about in this game. Um the, the two false starts off to the turnovers, we get two fumble recoveries, momentum shifts, and then we follow that up immediately with our Outland winner, our consensus first-team All-American left tackle, both times the first play after it, false start. Yes. Yeah. Kills the momentum, kills the drive, kills the plan, and only and we get three points off two huge turnovers. And That's unacceptable in a game like this. Brick, the thing that really gets me, and you and I are going to kind of get into this one a little bit, um is the amount of uh, – just the amount of pass plays. Um, people were talking about, well, Clemson's stacking nine in the box. you got to pass it. Yeah, I understand that. But you can also run to the outside. I feel like there weren't a lot of opportunities to run or a lot of uh, – let's say they didn't roll the dice enough, if you ask me, as far as running the ball. Um, you know, you run on first and ten, you get three yards, and then you pass two times in a row. It just doesn't make sense to me. Or when you're up – three with 734 left in the game you get 12 yards and a first down on the ground and then throw it three times in a row and punt I just don't get the logic behind it uh and it makes me a little concerned for the future at Alabama if that's sort of what we're looking at we've got you know an entire stable at running back and all of a sudden we've decided to let the game rest on the shoulders of a 17 year old kid I'm I'm wavering on how much this game and the play calling in this game is going to be, uh, you know, a looking glass into what we're going to see next year. Um, as we were saying, the plan was there, and I feel like things just the story of the game. I the the plays were there in the first half. I mean, we scored two long touchdowns with Scarborough. We're running a lot with him. We're mixing in some passes, but it's at the opportune times, and Jalen Hurts is hitting him. I I know he hit. O.J. Howard early in the game. I know he hit uh, Calvin Ridley on a slant. I mean, it just looked like what we needed. Right. Uh, you were saying, and then you said, and a lot of things led to the to the game plan changing, but I think we got comfortable with the 14-point lead. Yes. And then um, later in the game, we'll get into this in a moment, but what really was the straw in the camel's back was Scarborough's injury. It's it, We went haywire then. But, yes. Um, you know, but they would. And your brother, you told me after the game, your brother mentioned this to you, that they would stack nine in the box. Right. And I get that. I get you don't want to run up the middle with nine in the box, but what we were doing earlier in the year, um, when they'd stack nine in the box and we had a quarterback who wasn't really ready to hurl it downfield, especially in a pressure-filled game like this, was we'd use Stewart or Ridley on these jet sweeps. I know you and I hated the jet sweeps, but I kind of feel like in the last two games we sort of saw their 
their merit. Yes. I really do. I feel like a hypocrite saying we should have done that in this game, but completely abolishing them like we did pretty much since after the Auburn game. Right. Well, and, you know... That would have... Stewart had one little sweep kind of toss, really roll out, and he, he gained about 40 yards on it in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... that, And then as soon as we do that, their nine-man their nine man front kind of spreads out. We hit them down the middle. Yeah. With, with Bo Scarborough or Damian Harris, and they come back in. We hit them to the outside. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, and I think, you know, that's what I mean is there's just a lack of creativity on the offensive side of the ball, play calling, and not just run plays either. You know, the pass plays that were called were shaky at best, in my opinion. Uh, they, they were either, we're going to throw it kind of right at the first down marker, inaccurately at that, or some very obvious screen plays. Or or the thing that the plays that really bothered me were these lawn developing play action pat I mean, I just I didn't understand why we weren't just dropping back for a slant route and just, just nailing guys for three or four yards. It seems I even like, like when Hertz rolls out. Because I feel sure. like when Hertz rolls out it's it's kind of a short sure. run play anyway. Right. Even if it's incomplete, it's like a run play for no game. Even the touchdown to O. J. Howard, which was a great pass. Great best pass of the game. From Jalen Hurts, um, that easiest pass that game. play took so long to develop. I mean, it took. It, I I swear, it's a miracle to me that he didn't get sacked. Um, it just felt like it was taking so long. But you know, I I don't know, Brick. It's you and I have talked about it. We beat the dead horse. Let's just call it what it was. The play calling was bad, and it got so it was. And we after the fourteen point lead. We kind of started. It's like we took our foot off the gas. Yes. Tried to, we we were overcomplicating things. When you play not to, to find lose, different, you're going to lose. And then, this is when it went haywire. This is when it all went crazy. Bo Scarborough injured, breaks his leg, goes to the tent. We didn't know then it was a broken leg, but he goes to the tent. We have no idea if he's coming back. This was the turning point in my mind. This was we were dead man walking at this point. Yes. Yeah. It, it, I mean, Clemson he went down, really and it's like moving the ball. Really moving I, the ball. But I don't get it. He was coming into the playoff, he was our season's fourth leading rusher. Right. And I, I get what we wanted to do. I really do. We wanted to kind of get back to the Derrick Henry mold of things. He's finally healthy. He was supposed to be that this year. And we were very happy to have him back. But the fact that he was healthy and ready to go shouldn't have been a, hey, let's, let's, he's, he's do or die for us. It's, Oh my goodness! We have all these weapons now. We're adding another a six-three um, behemoth yeah. to our backfield. So then we show no confidence in Harris or Jacobs. Harris would get the ball on first down, run it for thirteen yards, and then we call a a, a, a pass play on first down. We go incomplete or two-yard loss. We call a screen or something on second. Then we'd have to hurl it downfield on third. Drive over. Clemson's got the ball again. Our defense is rolling their eyes, going, "What else do we have to do?" Yeah. Yeah, no, the defense caused two turnovers, which you said the defense had to do if we were going to win this game. We won the turnover battle and still lost to Clemson. That is 100% on this offense. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, there was just – I if I'm Najee Harris, who's now come to Alabama, and I'm looking at this and looking at Steve Sarkeesian, I'm praying that this game was an outlier, that this is not how the rest of the – the rest of his tenure will go. Um I'm praying that it will be a sort of situation of, oh, okay, well, you know, that was how that offense ran. This one's going to run a little differently. We need to run the ball more. 
Um, Nick Saban be- does learn from his mistakes. Because we're, it's not going to be this bad ever again. Because it better not. I if, hope not. If this is what we're looking at, I, there's not a running back in the country that'll want to come play at Alabama. We'll be Ole Miss. Very well could be. Very well could <laughs> um, be. One first down in the third quarter. Disgusting. One that I can think of. I mean, it, it was like till two minutes left in the third. Yeah. Awful quarter. It, it was awful quarter. I, our, I feel like the, I felt like the fourth quarter Alabama played well enough to win the game. The third quarter is where they lost it. The third quarter is where, and because this whole time, I mean, our defense was on the field the entire third quarter. Right. That's actually when I we were dead men walking really in that third quarter. It was like we didn't know we'd sealed our fate, but the fact that our maybe the greatest defense of all time is is completely expired because they were on the field for ninety nine plays in this game. Yeah. No. No defense in college was going to be able to contain Deshaun Watson if they were on the field for 99 plays. And, like, it's probably half of them, not half of them, but you know what I mean. Most of them were in the third quarter. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, A good bit of them. Clemson goes down to move into the fourth quarter. Clemson goes down, scores the go-ahead touchdown. Jalen Hurts. It reminded me, you remember the A-Day game last year when he really came on the scene and led the team down the field for that touchdown? Yeah, that's uh, watching that last drive that Hertz had when he scored. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't think there. I thought we had lost it at that point. I didn't think there was any way we were going to go down the field and score. Our Darius Stewart threw a bullet pass down the sideline for a 14 or 15. Well, remember what up. set it up. Um, it was Harris. It, w- it was we came out on that drive and our first play or maybe our second play. Our first play was no game. I want to say. Our second play was a, a, a six-yard loss screen play, and it was third and 16. Right. And I was like, I, I look over to my wife, and I go, I I don't see how we win this game after. I mean, we've got two, three minutes and a third and 16. Yeah. So then Hertz rolls out, throws the most amazing duck of a pass I've ever seen. Yeah, I have forgotten Stewart that. sets up fourth and one. Harris gets the first down. Yeah, and then, and then the – yeah, you're right. You're right. But um, at that point, it's too late to run the ball. You know, and yeah. it's not at that point in the game. That should have been the time where, okay, we've got a nice, you know, we got a nice seven, ten point lead. It's a nice cushion. Let's just run out the clock. Let's just give the ball to our backs. Let them get four, three or four yards per carry. If we've got to throw a little slant route or something over the middle to OJ Howard, let him sit down at the first down marker like Renfro did all night and just, you know, sit at the first down marker, catch the ball and fall down. That's fine. But at that point in the game, it's too late to run the ball. I will say this. Jalen Hurts showed so much heart on that last drive. So he much sure heart. Um, the whole The whole offense did. I mean, I don't think the offense – I mean, I'm, I don't love the execution. I'm mad at the penalties. But this wasn't a – I mean, there's no reason to look at the players and go, you, you know, you guys – and it's not even – I mean, I don't really want to just rake the coaching staff over the coals. I mean, it's not like we – well, I mean, Lost the, let's be honest, though, Brick. We kind of have to. It was what I feel like the the mentality in that in that middle of the second quarter to the end of the third quarter is what cost us this game, in a nutshell. But again, so we score uh, Jalen Hurts' long touchdown run, and we get the ball. They get the ball with two minutes left. Right. But Watson's already feeling it. Now his moment is here. We get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. Uh, a pass interference that puts him at the two, and then a pick play for a touchdown. I think the pick play should have been a penalty, but there's not a chance well, any referee in the world. Right, and even if 
there's no pick on that play, I'm still not sure our defensive backs are in position to make a play on the ball. Can I mention something? Sure. Why why was Tony Brown and again, I don't coach defense, so I'm I'm just nitpicking here. But I know how successful we've been with Minka Fitzpatrick covering the slot. Hunter Renfro is the best slot receiver we faced all season. I I just I don't know why Tony Brown was on Renfro so often. I, I don't either, and I don't That's understand Brandon Averett being on Williams all night. I mean, Williams just picked him apart, the poor kid. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of questionable things like that as far as the pass defense. Was Kane concerned. was beating Humphrey though. But too. I, I think, mean, those receivers are just beating our guys. Let's just. You call it what it was, Brick. That it's what I said to lead off the podcast. A bunch of things came to a head at the same time. One of those things was all season we've been getting away with not having Eddie Jackson in the backfield, and last Monday it came around and bit us. It did. It was a bit, yeah. We 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 missed his presence, and a big thing there is because when he's back there and he's shut down, we get to put Minka Fitzpatrick at star. Yeah, well, he's shut down at star, and I get. I guess that's why Brown was on him because because uh, Minka had to be, but, you know, we have other safeties. I don't know. But he's just such a luxury to have back there. Not even a luxury. He's he's the makeup of our defense when he's back there. Him and Ruben together were the makeup of our defense most of the season. Right. No, and I, you know, I think, like I said, it With, all came to obviously a Obviously, Allen. Um, Clemson's last drive, hats off to him. You know, I, that's, that's the best team, I think, or that's the best defense I think Alabama's ever put on the field. And Deshaun Watson just showed no fear. Um, oh, and that I mean, and and I, I I put the pick play at the end and the fifteen yard penalty, and it sounded like a bunch of excuses. But on that drive, Mike Williams high pointed the ball over Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, and uh, and um, Leggett had a diving catch on a third down play. Yeah, you know I I was almost certain that they this was going to overtime at that point. Leggett makes a makes a diving catch down at the ten. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, a Clemson. It's funny this game, almost identical. At the end, to the Auburn Florida State national championship, yeah. Florida State goes ahead. Auburn goes down the field. Trey Mason scores a long touchdown run with about two minutes left, and then Florida State marches down the field with their what should have been Heisman for Watson, maybe, but their Heisman quarterback pass interference puts him at the two, and they win with a couple seconds on the clock. It was almost identical. It was yeah. weird. Yeah, it was. It was, but. I mean, diving plays by the receivers. You know, we say we say it all the time. Football cyclical. Football. This is football. This is this is sports. Yep. You know, I can't. We're the Yankees of the college football, and people rejoice when we lose. And I can't be that. You know, I've got nothing against Clemson beating us. I hate losing. Yeah. Obviously, I hate it when Alabama loses, and it ruins my day, and I sulk. And my wife says, "How can I make this better?" And I go, "Nothing. It's football. What are you supposed to do?" Yep. But. No, I think I think so. Let's anything else you want to say about the game? Congratulations to uh, Clemson on a great season, coming back in a rematch game. Alabama knows how that feels. Um, hats off to them for getting their first national championship since nineteen what was it nineteen eighty one? I think um, you know Dabo Sweeney's a hell of a guy. Future Alabama head coach Dabo Sweeney, as you and I call him, <laughs> um, you know he's he's a hell of a guy. I think Deshaun Watson's a uh, good football player. I, I'm interested to see how his career pans out from here. But, um, you know, other than that, uh, there's not much else I really want to say on the game. No, I think those are the, all the things. It was the penalties and the, then the offense changing. Right. So let's goes down, let's pick move, plays. It all comes together in a way. Let's move. Uh, you, you and I, I mean, we've gone over this. So let's, let's skip over the first half of the season versus second half because you and I went over it at the beginning of the podcast. You know, there's, there's a huge shift. Um, and offensive play yeah. calling and 
the injuries on defense. It became the Jalen Hurts show. Um, however, let's let's go. Well, let me mention one thing that I think because we scored thirty something in this game, which you and I had both thought would be enough going in. I will this game, say this: we... I nailed our score prediction. I said <laughs> it almost looked like he was going to be thirty-one twenty-one. It really exactly did, like you said. It really did, and then it very much wasn't. But um, no, sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? So. You and I both probably would have said last week at this time that if we scored 30-something points, we would have been fine in this game with what our defense Right. Is. Well, and if you would have told me but, that our defense, all they had to do is get a stop with two minutes left in the game and Clemson was at the 20, there's no way I don't take those odds. But you mix in the fact that, yes, we put up 30, but we became – and I didn't, I never brought this into consideration until after this game. At the end of the year – we became way too much of a boom or bust offense. Even our drives where we do score are like four plays because it's a big long run, which is great. But we be what I mean boom or bust is yeah we have the boom, but there's no such thing as us sustaining a drive anymore. Right. Like we could, you know, earlier in the year against LSU and Ole Miss, and it's just that went away. We could not do it anymore because right. sometimes to sustain a drive you got to make a throw. You do sometimes to sustain a drive you got to make a juke. We couldn't do it anymore. No. No. Um so yeah, I And our defense stops scoring touchdowns. Sometimes. Let's 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 move on. Let's go bigger picture. Bigger picture. Yeah. Uh favorite what so we do this after every year. I want you to give me your favorite player from this team and then your favorite moment from the season. Um my favorite player from this team is probably probably going to end up being Reuben Foster. Okay. I would think. I like. I always like the linebackers that we produce. Um, Reuben Foster was kind of a wonder kid to me. He he came. He he had a, a bizarre recruitment. I remember back in the day, he was committed to Alabama for a long time, like year right. and a half, two years. Right. Switches to Auburn, gets the tattoo, sees the light, comes to Alabama, um, comes in wildly ineffective, other than his big hits on special teams. He had the neck brace, if you'll remember, back there. But he had no um, no technique to his game, it seemed. It was just lower your shoulder, lower your head, and kill him. But he was very um, raw, I guess I would say. Right. And I always thought he would be that, just kind of a missile. He became a complete linebacker, a complete, maybe the best linebacker Alabama's ever produced. He's up there with LaRondo McClain and Dante Hightower. I mean, he is neck yeah. and neck. You can make arguments for any of them. But I never thought he'd be in that discussion, just from – what he came in as. I thought, oh, he's a highlight reel. No, he's a complete player, and he was a leader, and he won all these awards, and um, yeah. I was, I just, I love it. I I like how he turned himself into a player and, and took over with flying colors for Ragland, which I didn't see coming. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't. I don't think. I know who your did. favorite's going to be. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's any secret. Um, he only got to play half the season. I, I, I will always remember this season. Um, well, I'll get into that in a second, but I, Eddie Jackson's got to be my guy on this team. I think he's the last one uh, in that defensive backfield class that ironically includes Blake Sims. Um, <laughs> because if you'll, you'll remember, Blake Sims got thrown back into uh, thrown back into the defensive backfield for a short time. He, Cyrus, and Eddie Jackson all kind of got thrown into that mix. Now, Eddie's was kind of the more complete player his tenure at Alabama, 
but I still think he's one of those guys that played with such a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't this Minka Fitzpatrick. He wasn't this Marlon Humphrey, this Ronnie Harrison that came in with this huge, you know, uh, well, yeah, I'm already good and I just got to prove myself and get better. It was, no, you're actually not that good at all. And you'll be lucky to keep your spot on this team, you know, and not wind up like, oh, I don't know, Tony Brown. Yeah, when we hear three-star out, he came in as a three-star. When we hear three-star Alabama, it's just easy for us to go, oh, he'll be Practice depth squad by guy. the time he reaches a senior Practice year. Practice squad. We ne- you know, he'll maybe play star. Yeah. He'll maybe be Dion Blue at some point. But we never expect for All-American first-team safety. Right. Never. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. It's uh, he'll always he'll always go down as a what could have been for me because um, I, I think his football playing days are over. But I'm uh, I'm always going to miss that guy. It's second right behind him is Jonathan Allen, just because that's what an Alabama defense is to me. Fast, stronger than you, just overall better. Um, well, I, I love how Allen, you know, he could have easily, he was going to be a first rounder late, first round, early, second round last year. And most people in his ear probably told him to go Yeah. pro. Yep. But he came back and he's, he's the example. If, if a, um, if, if what's it, the Matt Barkley is the example of why you leave. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Allen is the example of why you stay. Cause he's going to be a, a top five pick in the draft now. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So um, I don't know. Now, I disagree, it's... though, that Eddie Jackson's playing days are over. Uh, okay. He broke his leg, but it's going to heal. He didn't need surgery. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely going to heal. Um, but I, I just, I mean, look at this. And he's always been talked about in the first round or two. Look at this defensive backfield class, man. There's, I, I don't know. I, I think, I, I'm not saying he won't go to a team. I'm just saying he won't have an NFL career, I don't think. I think he might wind up being like a D milliner. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Nah, D. Milliner, man. He Well, he was injury riddled when he got to the Jets, plus he played for the Jets. Yeah, that doesn't help. Um, um, all right, well, so what was your what was your favorite moment of the season then? My favorite moment has to be, this, is, this one comes pretty easily to me because I was there and the team proved me wrong in this moment. It was in the Ole Miss game, and I was there, and it was hot, and I was in a bad mood. Because we were down twenty four seven, I want to say at this point. Yeah, you were not happy. I was not happy. I saw a team that was not ready for the game. I saw a team that was still full of themselves from the national championship win, and I saw a team that completely let down their true freshman quarterback by letting him get obliterated. Absolutely crushed. Yep, crushed. One of the worst hits I've seen on a quarterback in a while, and for a touchdown. And I'm looking at this team. They're down twenty four seven, and I think it was just my bad mood and my reaction to the hot and I was dehydrated but I could have sworn I looked over at the sidelines and, and fe- I felt like the team wasn't caring and immediately their next drive I saw oh okay no I'm completely wrong yeah. about the makeup of this team I'm co- and they I felt like an asshole because <laughs> I remember texting you something of the lines of this team looks like they don't care then they show so much heart they get you know they score the touchdown on the punt they get a defensive touchdown they got the axe out and I'm looking they're jumping up and down on the sideline and we come back and win and that that team was the that's the moment I went okay this is a team that doesn't have a hangover from winning it all last year right they got punched in the mouth now they're going to come back and slug you in the mouth my probably my what I'll take away from this team um you know, I, I think this team, you can kind of point to the moment or the game where they peaked as uh, as the Texas A&M game for me. 
Um, and I know that's a weird spot to kind of pick, but you think of that game. Eddie Jackson did get hurt, and that was horrible. However, not only did Alabama show that they had resiliency and poise to sort of pull away towards the end and kind of, I mean, mainly dominate the whole game, but really pull away towards the end. In that game, you had Jonathan Allen's Superman sack. Oh, yeah. You had you had Jalen Hurts with a ridiculous scramble for like 35 yards on a third and 14 or 15 um, to keep a drive going and then go down the field and score. You had Joshua Jacobs coming out party. Uh, you had, I think, Eddie Jackson. Somebody had a pick that game, um, and it may have been six. I, I think there was a non-offensive touchdown that game, but I'm not 100% sure. I know Allen had one. Yeah, that's that's right. That's what it was. Yep. And then uh, you also the and the thing that I'll remember from this team because it's going to be on highlight reels for the next five or six seasons is Mac Wilson's hit on the kick return, um, just streaking down the middle of the field and blowing up Speedy Noel. And what I think has been the biggest hit that Alabama's had since Reuben Foster lit up Leonard Fournette in the 2014 LSU game. Um, so that's the I, I'll remember parts of that game. Uh, mainly because of who I was with. I was I was at work, and everyone wanted Alabama to lose that game. And there was never a time. I just thought, nope, there's no way they're losing this game. There's just no – they're just – they're too good to lose this game. And luckily, I was right. Um, so that's the – that's sort of moments from that game or what I'll look back to and say, God, this team really had it together. Um, break final question before we put this team to bed, man. How are they going to be remembered? Not, I want to put a disclaimer on this, not in the eyes of Alabama fans, but nationwide. Well, I will kind of throw a little, I think Alabama's losses are so few and far between. That makes us very fortunate as fans. I think one of the reasons the losses are so few and far between are because each one is its own cautionary tale to future Alabama teams. Yes. To where they very rarely, and sometimes we do, sometimes you know, a lot of this loss came from resting on, you know, our laurels and getting not just taking our foot off the gas like we did against Auburn in 2010. But I digress. This team to me, and I think to a lot of people, but especially me and you, and I, I feel like it is the greatest regular season college football team that's ever played. Yeah. They're the greatest regular season team. But that doesn't matter. Only goes so far. It doesn't I mean, matter. I mean, they didn't finish. They didn't. They they weren't the best team on January 9th, twenty seventeen, and um, you know, they got beat. They're not national. Cha- it reminds me of the two thousand seven Patriots, the greatest NFL team ever assembled, mm-hmm. got beaten for a lot of different reasons against a team that was peaking at the right time. Yeah. So that's the hats off to Clemson, but something changed in this last month of the season, and. I think this cautionary tale from Alabama standpoint is a finish, but B don't go away from what's working. Yeah. I think our team went away from what was working on offense. Our defense stayed consistent until, I mean, I'm not going to say they were inconsistent at the national championship game, but that hadn't happened to our defense all season because eventually our defense was not, was going to show a little bit of a wound and not score a touchdown in the game. So they didn't finish to the greatest. It was a hell of a ride. I'm not going to, lie it was a great fun season until the last 30 minutes of it yeah no i i agree um you know i i think this team's unfortunately going to be remembered as the same sort of class and everything as the warriors from this past year yeah the warriors the patriots all these teams the indians haven't finished i mean like it's it's just you didn't get that ring um 
And I think that in my mind, this will always be sort of a Patrick Ewing team where it's like, holy crap, they were so unbelievably good. Probably the greatest to never win a ring. Um, you know, and it's it's going to be hard to convince me that another team was better than this team that didn't win a national championship. Um, I think if Clemson and Alabama play five or play ten times, they win five each. Um, and it's just it's it's tough. Uh, I know it's got to be tough for the team, but the bright spot is that this is going to serve as such a hunger for next season, um, especially with guys like Jacobs, Hurts. Um, those, that receiving core, the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line next year is going to be, those are going to be some bad dudes. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just heartbreaking that it ended that way, but that's football, that's sports, you know? Um, it's a, it's a, it's life, a huge, it's a life lesson. And you just got to keep moving forward. This team is a missed opportunity. Yes. And I, you know, that's not the biggest thing. I mean, they, they, they achieved a lot. Nick Saban said it right after the game. One loss doesn't define who you are. And he's absolutely right. Right. This team completed the three-peat in the SEC championship. They put up numbers scoring-wise that still, even national championship teams, no team at Alabama has ever put up. Right. Um, they were very close to breaking SEC records in that regard. The defense broke a lot of records this season that went unnoticed. and um, But at the same time, this is a team that didn't finish and missed their, all, missed their opportunities to be regarded as, you know, the greatest of all time. But it happens. It does. Sometimes the team that's out for revenge just comes out and, I mean, there's there's a lot of, a lot of teams like that. Yeah. I watched my Spurs do it to the Heat. Yep. Yep. It just happens. It's sports. It happens. That's sports. Um, I do want to tip my cap to you. Uh, this is episode 26 of Pat's Interference Year Two, um, which is a ridiculous number. Uh, I, we're gonna break it next. I year. know that. I know that at some points we were sporadic. We were a little spotty with our with our episodes. We hope you've enjoyed. Uh, we're still gonna continue year two, uh, probably up through next week, um, and then take our little take our little break, regroup, um, and then get into year three. Uh, we'll we'll do some fun episodes here and there, but I, I do want to talk about recruiting and everything, and then year three we'll yeah, start. Uh, I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking we'll probably. Our next episode will probably be along the lines of, of, of what does next season's team look like right now. Right. You know, we got players. We still got to talk about the players that leave. I know our Darius Stewart and um, uh, Marlon Humphrey and a, a couple other guys have all announced they are, in fact, leaving. And then, of course, the seniors. So, you know, what does next team's team look like? Who's going to come in? Who Who is our plug-and-play in, in certain spots? And then we'll probably take a short break and then come back toward the end of February for uh, like signing day and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. And then after that, we'll just do episodes at random about things we want to talk about until we kind of get to um, the, f- the spring game, then through the summer and then we'll get to fall practice. So just, yeah. you know, be on the lookout for those brick. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this season with you, my friend. I know it's one that you and I will never forget. I know it's uh, it didn't end the way that everybody kind of wanted it to, but Hey, you know, that's, that's football. Uh, that's this we'll podcast back. too. That's we'll this podcast back. is you know we're Alabama. Brick, uh, we'll, we'll be fine. Brick, we, we're not. We got questions. We got questions all week about well, are you going to do an episode? Or are you going to do an episode? Hell yeah, we're doing an episode. You don't just skip an episode because of a loss, and that's about the might worst wait till loss. Saturday to do it. But well, luckily it's not <laughs> like we're pressed for time next week. So um, true. You know uh, that's who this podcast is, and that's that's sort of the identity of this podcast. And I want to thank you for holding strong to that and uh you know sort of carrying the brunt of the load uh this year and especially this episode so i appreciate you 
Uh, if you want to know more, you can find us on Twitter at PI underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S interference at Pat's interference.com. If you go uh, to a local movie theater within the next week as well, um, they will be showing uh, Alabama highlight clips uh, on mute with our podcast behind it from each episode. So if you go and see the little marquees up on your uh, up on your movie theaters, it'll say Pat's Interference Year 2 Marathon. Uh, you're welcome for that. We, we had to work uh, quite hard with AMC Theaters, but uh, really just appreciate those guys at AMC Theaters for putting those out. Uh, proud sponsor of Pat's Interference. Brick, it's been a fun one. I uh, appreciate it, man. We'll do another episode here, I don't know, week, week and a half, whenever we feel like it. And we appreciate yeah, you listening. So. Uh, everybody. I'd say as soon as the last of the players announce their decision, yeah, we'll probably come back. I, I agree. I agree. All right, Brick, it's been fun. And most importantly, roll tide. Roll tide.